Crossan and welcome back to our, our second segment on innovations in surgery for head and neck cancer patients. And this is part of a series looking at innovations in treatment and care in order to improve survival, but equally importantly, quality of life to reduce side effects. You may have already heard our interview with ENT surgeon, uh, Dr. Richard Gallagher, and he's talked about the, the robot, the trans oral robotic surgery. Well, I'm now meeting another member of a multidisciplinary team working with head and neck cancer patients, and she has worked as a nurse coordinator. So let's meet her now. Susie, tell us what job you're doing right now. Can you introduce yourself and tell us your current job and then uh, your past history, particularly with head and neck? My name is Susie Flynn and I currently I'm a CNC for Cancer Services and Palliative Care at St Vincent's Private. And what's a CNC? A clinical nurse consultant, so a specialist in their field. Um, but previously, I've just recently started this role, but for the past 10 years, I've worked um, as a cancer care coordinator and on the surgical head and neck ward at St Vincent's Hospital. And we have, were discussing earlier in this session on innovations in surgery how multidisciplinary teams are vital and how a, a, an expert nurse as a coordinator is crucial. I felt that as a patient. Can you explain it from the nurse point of view? What, what was your coordination role and how did it improve survival and quality of life for patients? Why, why should there be more nurses like you were? Well, cancer care coordinator um, is basically the patient's point of contact throughout their whole cancer journey. So I would have met the patients, um, not met them physically, but um, spoken to them on the phone prior to them to coming to our multidisciplinary team meeting. So they would have known me um, as, as well as the surgeon were the kind of the two people that they would know or who they were meeting um, and I would guide them through the whole meeting and then I would guide them through their surgery and then if they needed um, any care afterwards or any other treatment such as radiotherapy, chemotherapy. I would have seen the patients every day post-surgery so if they have any questions as I said I'm the big focal point of contact. I can get hold of anyone on the team very quickly for a patient while they're sitting in the bed or their family members are sitting beside them and it's a very anxious time for the patient and the family so you have to be very mindful of that you know not just of the physical side effects the patients get but also the emotional side of um, the emotional well-being of the patient and the mental health of the patient you know with, with head and neck surgery you can't really hide too much unless it's inside if it's outside it's quite visible I had radiation and chemo and I didn't have surgery so I'm not as familiar with surgery can you imagine that uh, some of some of the people watching this may have just got their diagnosis. Give us a sense of some of the emotional and physical challenges a patient can face and the improvements you've seen both in physical care and emotional support. Depending on the surgery, obviously, Julie, um, it depends on the physical side effects um, post-surgery. A lot of people um, come back with a breathing tube called a tracheostomy, um, which is a breathing tube into, into a windpipe. That's only temporary. It's only in for a few days, but that can be quite distressing because people can't communicate. They have to write down so they can't speak. Um, also, people come back with feeding tubes sometimes. It can be temporary um, and nasogastric for a few days to let swelling reduce down, but also permanent tubes into the, um, the stomach called peg tubes, feeding tubes, and these can be permanent. So people have to, you know, get used to a different way of life post-surgery. Some of it can be long-term, some of it can be short-term. Um, so it's just 
helping the patient along the way. And it's, a lot of it is education, explaining, 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 and letting them know that no question is, you know, silly. All questions are relevant. Um, and with the emotional side of things, it's, it's you know, people can have um, facial disfigurement, you know, which can lead to depression, you know, mental health. We have to look at everyone as a whole, not just one small part. You know, they've had, you know, their larynx removed or something, but you have to look at the patient holistically. And that's why we've, I think, innovations recently, in recent years, has been an excellent MDT multidisciplinary team, so you work as a whole. So explain again what an MDT is, and why is that an innovation that's improved the life of the patient and their family? Well, you're getting many, many specialists together in one room to discuss a patient's care, a patient's journey, from start to completion. So you're getting specialists, um, ENT surgeons, plastic surgeons, then you're getting allied health, which is speech pathologists, social workers, dietitians, and you're getting nursing staff, um, cancer care coordinators, nurse practitioners, everyone in one room, everyone specialised in their own field, but we're all, one of us, one person can't do the job without the other one being there as well. It has to be everyone together. And I think that's another thing um, for patients, for survival as well, and for greater outcomes. If you have specialists in the one area looking after the patient, um, survival outcomes um, are, are better. I think I should reveal to the audience that you were my nurse coordinator when I was a patient. And I, I, how I remember you is that you gave me your telephone number and that if I needed anything, either I or my partner Melissa would ring you and uh, amazingly quickly a dentist would ring me or a doctor would ring me or uh, a speech pathologist would ring me. You you seem to have the respect of your your team and they would move quickly when you needed them to contact someone. Is that a fair summary? Yes, yes, that is a fair summary. Um, and I suppose that is our job to know when to contact consultant, when to contact someone and have the referrals appropriately done. Um, you nearly preempt when the patient needs one. You're already thinking maybe two steps ahead of them of when they need it. And I suppose that comes with time and experience um, in the role as well. And apart from the, the team, is there a, any other improvements, innovations or changes that you think have made it better for this head and neck patient? Well, um, I know Richard has spoken about the robot, but that has been a big change for patients. What do you see as a nurse in terms of the, the difference for a patient? Well, it's less invasive. Um, less time under anaesthetic, um, their function is a lot better with their speech and swallow post the robot. You know, they can be a bit swollen for a couple of days, but that goes down quite quickly. And another big thing is their length of stay in hospital is reduced, which is good first because not all of our patients are from metropolitan area. We have a lot of regional patients and sometimes they can only travel up on their own. So to be in a big new city, you know, some of them have never been in cities before, it's, you know, it's nice to have, say, we're going to be in for three, four days instead of two weeks. Are there any other improvements we need for rural and remote patients? Because you do, you have met a lot of those patients. I have met a lot of those patients, and I suppose with my job as well, I coordinate when they go back to rural areas. I try them to link them in with a nurse that's based there. But not all areas have specialist nurses, have care coordinators, unfortunately. Not like other tumour streams, like cancer, prostate. I would love to see head and neck specialist nurses all around Australia in Why? every state. Why? Because I think it will be better for their outcomes, for their long-term side effects, that they have a specialist nurse in their region, that that can be their point of contact. They still will have a point of contact where they've been treated in the centre, but I think it's important 
to have someone closer to home that they can ring and then that person can ring, say, if it was me, you know, and we can discuss and I can discuss it with their, their team here. Also, I think for the specialist nurses, it would be great if we had them around um, Australia in every state that they could even link in with telehealth, which is a whole new thing at the moment now due to COVID, but link into our multidisciplinary team meeting and see how, see how it's run and get a sense of that. You know. and, and we've got people watching this from New Zealand as well, because many of the colleges, of course, uh, include Australia and New Zealand in them. Um, one, you mentioned explaining again and again and again. And can I just say as a patient, if there's one thing I'll always be amazed at is from the moment I was told I had stage four cancer, I lost about at least 50% of my cognitive function. I couldn't remember anything anyone was saying to me. I had trouble understanding. And then once you started giving me pain relief, the opium, the opioids, you know. So I guess what I'm trying to say is the role of the nurse coordinator to really check if we understand and to repeat. Could you just explain that? How do you know whether someone understands or not? Well, after the patient initially gets their diagnosis, I would speak to them and say, right, did, did you understand everything that was told to you today? And, and what do people normally say? They go, um, I got 2% of it <laughs> and 98% I didn't hear because they heard the word cancer. And unfortunately, that is, that's why I feel like people, you need to, I would do a follow-up call the next day as well, and we go through the whole meeting again. And I'd say, so t tell me exactly what you understood from yesterday. And then we, I'd start from there, and then we'd build on it. Um, I'd ask patients if they use the internet, if they use um, technology like that, because there's great websites out there. Which... Uh, one website that I think is marvellous is Beyond5, uh, www.beyond5.org.au. And the other thing I mention is Cancer Council Information and Support Line 13 11 20. I mean, they're incredibly helpful. Look, before I let you go, Susie, is there any other change you would like to see? You've mentioned having specialist head and neck cancer nurses in a network being able to share information by telehealth or even by conferences or special training. Um, you've mentioned the, the innovation in surgery with the, the robot has been very helpful for those who are eligible for it or who have access. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I'd like to, um, that patients have a better plan when they're finished their treatment, their initial treatment. Their initial treatment can, can last from six months to a year. You know, it depends on what treatment people are getting. Um, but I'd like them to have a plan when they leave here, say from one to five years, and then after five years they get a different plan. Um, so they have all the appropriate numbers. They know when they're coming back for scans. They know who to call if they can't come for follow-up. It's very important that patients come for follow-up. They've done all this hard work with this complex cancer, and then if they get lost to follow up, you know, it's, it's very hard, and especially for the regional remote patients. So I think we need coordinators, nurses like myself, to keep them in the loop, keep them coming back. Susie Flynn, you've been fantastic to talk to, and I just have to share with our audience that when I was having chemo, and I have very, very deep veins, we'll do a close-up on my hand later, uh, after a number of people had tried to get the cannula in, they called the master, they called you, and you came in, and you got it straight in. So I will love you till the day I die. Thank you, Julie. Thank, Thank you. you. And uh, Susie Flynn...